Welcome to the Diabetics Doing Things podcast. We've been telling the amazing stories of type 1 diabetics all across the world since 2015, and we have over a thousand years of living with T1D on the podcast. The interviews range from incredible feats to everyday victories, and we celebrate them all just the same. Thanks for listening, and if you want to get involved even further, just send me an email at rob at diabeticsdoingthings.com. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Diabetics Doing Things. We are telling the amazing stories of type 1 diabetics from all across the world. And I am really excited for today's guest and I'll tell you why. Back when we first started this podcast and it was basically not much more than an idea and my guests, I was really selling people hard on coming on this show. I was like, trust me, it's going to be great. It's going to be a thing. Uh, There's just nobody's been on it yet. Uh, one of the first people to ever like share that they were listening to the podcast and interact with us on Instagram on a regular basis was Marie Diaz, Miss Nerds Can Fight, uh, and I'm so excited that she's here on the show today. Hello, I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, I'm just uh, I'm just ex- super super pumped that uh, we were able to make this happen and. Uh, I, you know, your perspective being so involved in many different ways in the type one community is going to be awesome. So can't wait to nerd out with you. Uh, but for those of us who may not know your story beyond just, uh, your nerds can fight profile and your very mysterious life that you live, uh, please just give us a little, uh, background on who you are and uh, how you came to join the type one diabetes family. Yeah. Um, okay. So I am 22 and I have been coming to UTN for the past four years. I am graduating on Saturday and I was diagnosed when I was four. So it's been a long journey with diabetes. Hook em horns. Yeah. <laughs> Texas gang. Yeah. Um, so, you know, for you, obviously, like you probably don't even remember life without diabetes, right? I do not. And even if you did, like, you know, nobody, nobody's like, yeah, I really wish for those days when I didn't do anything on my own. Right. 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 Yeah. Um, Do you remember like, you know, especially with like with your family and stuff like growing up, do you remember anything that was, how did you guys approach it? Anything stand out to you or do you guys talk about that back in the day uh, at all? Yeah. And so I've kind of been asking them about recently as well. Um, I will just dive in. Um, I guess since I was four, I only remember like bits and pieces, but my parents said that I had like a couple rounds of strep throat and all the usual symptoms. Um, and then I was just getting really, really irritated with simple things like even playing with Legos or Barbies and like a mix of being lethargic and angry all the time, I guess. So just throwing tantrums. Um, And so they realized something was pretty wrong. And my mom was in PA school and my dad was in nursing school. And I think they were pretty smart to figure it out and use my grandmother's glucometer to test my blood sugar. And of course, it said hi. So they rushed me to the hospital that night. So so a little bit of self-diagnosis, I'm sure. Like They were like, hey, what what could this be? I, I wonder how, as a couple... 
what what that's like with, with like some of these so important like your child and you're just like hey it could be this it could be this oh hey right? let's, grab, let's grab the glucometer so your grandma had type 2 diabetes i'm just gonna guess yeah gram- yeah she did almost rarely ever do grandmas ever have type one it's a th- i'm sure <laughs> i'm sure there are plenty of amazing type one grandmas out there but whenever anyone says that it's almost never type one right right um that's crazy. What what else? You mentioned that you've been talking to them more recently. Why is that your parents? I mean, oh, sort of leading up to the podcast. I was like, tell me everything you know about my diagnosis. Go. Um, so I got some cool stories from them. What did they say? What was uh, one that stands out? Yeah, my mom said that, of course, after my diagnosis, she was pretty crazy about keeping my blood sugars under control. But Obviously, as we all know, that's sometimes impossible, and especially right after diagnosis. So she said she was calling the nurses, like, every day, like, what do I do? This is what happened, you know, like a very scientific approach. And one of the nurses that had been there the night I was diagnosed was kind of like, you know what, you can do your best, but sometimes the sugar fairy just gives you a little extra or takes some away, and you can't (laughs) let it, like, ruin your entire day. And I thought that was just so funny, like the sugar fairy. What? God, that sugar fairy still trying to figure out exactly how much to pay her on a daily basis. <laughs> right. Not exactly like the tooth fairy gives you money. Yeah. It's more like takes your money. <laughs> yeah. It takes your money and makes you go to the pharmacy all the time. <laughs> um, you know, for you, like, do you remember, you know, and the sugar fairy is a good example. I think like as you're growing up, it's interesting that somebody would position diabetes like that to an adult. But it's amazing how, how you know, it, there's so much science involved in type 1 diabetes, but, like, logic almost doesn't belong sometimes. Like, you know, your mom as a, you know, you said she was in PA school. She's obviously involved in medicine. She's like, yeah, let me just do exactly the same thing or let me control this and we'll be fine. And it's weird. And I think a lot of people, but especially parents, when they have that realization, they kind of, like, come to that, uh, that peak of like, oh man, like this is not going to be as easy as I thought it was. Do you remember kind of dealing with that with her even as you got older? Yeah, of course. And I think that was, it was super great because there's a lot of freedom with that. Like knowing that you can give yourself, you know, the same thing every day or eat the same thing and you're not going to get the same results. Um, there's freedom in that, but I think that was largely how we managed my blood sugars. Um, yeah, when I was younger And it probably wasn't until college where I learned like, oh, lower carbs um, can help, you know, the variability and yeah, that I really delve into like approaching exercise like with a routine and just more scientifically. So in that respect, it's kind of the opposite. Well, and I want to dig into that a little bit too, because I'm not going to let you undersell yourself here. Uh, You're super involved in type one run. Uh, you're also yeah. a vegan, if I'm not mistaken, or at least have a yes. largely plant-based diet, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. All of those things people ask questions about all the time in the online diabetes community. So I'd love to just talk about your you know, uh, you know, know, choices that you've made that have led you to those and what you've found from that. Like, obviously, let's start with exercise and type 1 run. Tell First of all, tell us about type 1 run and uh and the awesome organization that it is and i think now i I feel like i see now more than ever more people across the country getting involved so give it a little plug 
Oh my goodness. Okay. I am not qualified. Um, yeah. So type one run was based out of California and is this huge nonprofit that beyond type one has just absorbed. And it's basically just sort of like giving the resources and help to people all around the world that want to create their own running groups and sort of sets them up for, you know, like their own diabetes community in that area. And their motto is like, no one's left behind. And so it's just really go it the pace you want and it's all free, you know, and people can do races together and it's amazing. So I started the Austin chapter and that's been really fun. Just meeting up with a couple new faces, um, almost every weekend and running a couple of miles with them. Yeah. And like, you know, I feel like every Saturday I'll get on Instagram and cause we have, uh, Jordan runs our Dallas chapter of type one run and I haven't been in town when they're doing an event and I think she's traveling right now, but um, I feel like, you know, each of these local chapters, especially since beyond type one has sort of made it a little bit more public and, uh, and absorbed or merged with type one run that people are, you know, getting out and that's how they're meeting other people with diabetes for the first time. Yeah. Oh my, it's so exciting. And, um, we had a girl in town come run, I'd met her at another JDRF event in town and her name is Brooke and she's amazing. And she came and she was like, hey, I'm kind of training for a half marathon. Do you guys want to run like six miles? And I was like, of course. And I asked other people that were going to come to the run and they were like, sure. And it turned out to be like the longest run she had ever done post-diagnosis. Like, oh that's gosh. amazing. That's, some, that's a huge thing to celebrate. And like, what a cool thing to be a part of. Right. What's that like? I mean, for you, I mean, let's back up a little bit before we go on to the vegan and plant-based question. Um, Sweet. You're very involved in diabetes, right? Both locally in Austin and Texas and, you know, internationally on the, on a scale of like, I, I, Jeremy Robertson stayed at my house last week, um, who's the awesome human. Uh, and he's like, oh yeah. He's like, uh, Marie, he's like, she's, she has a weird Instagram name. I think <laughs> she went to Australia like a year ago and he's like, uh, and I was like, yeah, yeah, that's her. And like people know everywhere I go, people know you. Uh, it's always a shock. Like just hearing that. I'm like, what? He knows who I am. Uh, so funny. Well, but I mean, I think it speaks a lot to your willingness to like be outgoing and like be involved. And, you know, you're sort of giving, you're a giver. You're, and you, you know, are, you're a, a community, like a figurehead in the community. I don't know. I don't know any other way to say it. You're an influencer to the influencers. <laughs> So, like, so many kind words, I can't handle it. When did you, what, what made you get more involved with that? Was that all, something that sort of came second nature to you? Or was that a conscious decision you made? Or did it just sort of happen? Like Instagram or? Yeah, maybe not even just like Instagram, but like the, just like the emotions and feelings behind it, like being outgoing about type one and your diabetes. Oh, wow. Yeah, I don't think it was conscious. Um, well, that was a weird sentence. Um, yeah, no, I didn't think about it. I think, like, as you say that, I went to diabetes camp in San Antonio for, like, 13 years, starting when I was seven when we moved here. And just, I think that really shaped all of my views about diabetes and how to live with it and just have a lot of fun. And we had a lot of siblings there, you know, or, like, pe like children of counselors and doctors there that didn't have type 1. And so just being able to mix with them and just really feel normal, you know, that was a huge part of it. So I think being able to reach out and give any input at all and encourage people 
is just so exciting for me. Well, it is. And I think, you know, the community, you really don't know what you're going to get out of it until you, you know, put yourself out there. Because, of course. Yeah. And, you know, I can, I know that personally from experience, right? I had no idea what I was going to get out of the community until I, you know, just started digging and discovered all this awesome stuff. And I think like people underestimate that in general, like how good advocacy or like community is for you, for yourself, like you're giving back to other people, but you know, the, you know, equity you build up with yourself, it's worth every ounce of effort times 10. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, of course. And I think that's such a buzzword, right? Like community. I'm like, join community, find community, but it probably starts with like one person you look up to, you know, and you're, I mean online or locally and goes from there so yeah and i think it stops being a buzzword when you really deliver on it right whether that's one person face to face or or a hundred thousand people online whatever the case is right um okay back to the plant-based question to your vegan question when did that Mm -hmm. start yeah so i studied abroad in australia and became like real life friends with Amy McKinnon, who's pretty popular in the community, um, plant-based runner, qualified for Boston, ran Boston, is incredible. Um, and she really was my mentor with that. And uh, kind of, you know, I was skeptical. She was sort of like just educating me in different regards. But I was like, you know what? I don't know if all this hype about like plants and a plant-based diet and increased insulin sensitivity is real, but I will try it. And it's been magical i eat all the fruit and uh, yeah so good all the fruits mm-hmm. it's interesting right like uh you mentioned low carb and you know how it keeps the variability down um yeah and you know those big swings uh are fewer and farther between at times um oh yeah and for a couple years i think i was i don't know if trapped is the right word but i think i trapped myself into this little box of thing that I had to do pretty low carb for my whole life to, you know, be like emotionally stable sure. uh, with blood sugars and stuff. But yeah, that's why it's been super amazing just transitioning to a plant-based diet. Well, and uh, Amy came on the show. I haven't released her episode yet, but um, she's been she's been on the show and we've talked about sort of her approach to nutrition and exercise and sort of the holistic, uh, you know, 360 degree view. You know, that's an interesting thing. Like you meet somebody, a stranger almost, or, you know, somebody that you know, you know, by association in a foreign country. And, and then she basically, you know, opened you up to this whole new world of plant-based, uh, you know, diets. What, take us through that. Was it just like, you know, you met her and you, and, and you get, you were in Australia and that experience was great and you just, you know, found momentum there or how did that, or was it difficult at first? Um... Well, I think I'm I'm like a fangirl of sorts, right? So I think part of the reason I went to Sydney was Amy and other people on Instagram, right, that are in Sydney and just like thriving and also managing their blood sugars well. So I had reached out to her after like moving there. And I mean, yeah, that was great. And she was just incredible, like ran with me, you know, even though she's like the flash and can run super fast. She just like <laughs> stayed with me and encouraged me and took me out to eat. And that was when I saw that it's like a very doable thing and there's not a lot of you know I think you think of a vegan diet and like a lot of sacrifice and cutting things out but really I have found so many more veggies and good good foods 
It's funny you mentioned that you're a fangirl of sorts. You're like a professional fangirl. I think. Yes. Like, don't don't undersell yourself. <laughs> uh, and it's like that's a skill too. I don't know if you know that. Uh, just being like as <laughs> as positive and supportive as you are, that is a uh, you know a thing that is admirable. And I think we could all do a little bit more to be like you in that regard. Ah. Uh. Yeah, I know I'm making you hyperventilate by talking, yeah, by giving yeah. you compliments. But uh, really, though, what uh, what makes you so connectable to everybody? Because everybody knows you. What is it about you? Is it is it your? I mean, I obviously know because I know you. Um, I'll just give you an example. We had our event in Dallas, our Type One Nation event, and um, I brought Laura and Libby and Lauren. Um, and Gretchen and you know some others up here uh, to Dallas to, for to talk and you know you know in, basically you know big people big people from the Instagram community um, around Type One and you drove up here from Austin which is not like I don't make that drive very often it's not close let's not let's be honest it's not very close uh, and you just like came up here burned the ships and just came in like I'm gonna go to this. And of you, course. And then you did what? the same thing in San Antonio, which you're, I mean, is a little bit closer for you from Austin, but mm-hmm. you know, you're just that committed. That's, that's who you are. Yes. Question mark. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, those are just so inspiring to me too, That I mean, yeah, I had to come. There was no, there was no other option. Yeah. And I think like, I don't know, like people, let's, let's talk a little bit out. Let's, let's put it in a framework of another person. So we don't have to talk about you necessarily, but (laughs) those, you know, what would you say to somebody who's afraid of, uh, or is talking themselves out of doing things like that? Like uh, being more involved or seeing someone that they, you know, follow or know or really like, and, you know, making excuses to not do things or, uh, feeling self-conscious about going alone to a diabetes event or something like that. Oh my goodness. Um, I think that brings up the topic of comfort zones, right? Cause I think, yeah, I mean, you're talking about how outgoing I am, but I'm like super shy and I don't talk and I hyperventilate around people that I admire. But, um, yeah, I think, I don't know. I mean, it's just about making the leap. I really, really don't know. Um, no, it is, but I, I and I think you know, yeah, I am talking about how going you are, but I also I, I think it's authentic too. So it's not, you know, you're oh right. So I think I, mean? I think that would be in my advice though. If you if right, like if somebody's not really feeling it, like there are people in Austin that I am constantly reaching out to that I have like mutual friends with, um, and I'm like, come on, like come to Type One Run, you know, or just like get coffee with me, and then they just like don't really respond and it's like oh maybe they don't really want type one friends um and I mean of course there are those people but oh my gosh I don't know I think just looking at like all of our lives and everybody on this podcast like so much more enriching to just I don't know bond with each other yeah I mean I uh I don't even know I'm trying to think of like it wasn't that long ago that I didn't really have any type one friends and now I do, and I just like my life is better. Like that's the end of the story. That's just. But <laughs> right. I, I think I think I'm sure you agree and, and feel the same way. But uh, and I'm not sure because I didn't go to diabetes camp. I was much mm-hmm. too cool. That's my that's my joke. I always tell is like I was way too cool and I knew everything already, so I didn't need to go. Um, mm-hmm. 
but and so you know there are people that did and made friends early and so got like kind of a head start on the rest of us um but you know for for somebody out there who doesn't know or is like you know afraid or doesn't want type one friends what would you give advice to them or would you just you know we talked about comfort zones but what what would you tell a person like that because i think we've all been there mm-hmm. i think i hit on it a little bit earlier like just find that one person that you probably think you could be like real life friends with uh, and reach out to them if it's online or whether it's you know they live down the street because that's like I said where it starts and I mean I think like people have said on this podcast too like you your parents and your family and other friends can try like their hardest but they're never going to really understand the struggles or like the emotional toll that this disease takes on us um and it's okay to like fully admit that and realize that and ask for help and seek out those friendships. And how would you say like your life has been different or like the decisions that you've made by being more outgoing or, you know, connecting with people on Instagram, you know, how much, give me, give me an example of like when you knew that was the right thing to do. Like maybe the first time you were like, wow, this is insane. Actually. Okay. Yeah. This was like recently, but I actually have this little message I got from this guy, Steve, on Instagram. Can I, can I read it? Yeah, of course. Oh, my gosh. It's amazing. Um, okay. I had posted about like having a rough day blood sugar-wise, and he was like, hey, I'm sorry you had a rough day. If it's any consolation, I just wanted you to know that your long-distance running with type 1 inspired me to get back into skateboard- skateboarding, excuse me, which I pretty much gave up on the last few years because it always threw my sugars out of whack. When I saw your posts and stories about being able to run miles and still have control of your diabetes, it made me realize that I was letting my diabetes take something from me that I loved. I even volunteered at a charity this Saturday that helps special needs children experience skateboarding. I probably never would have done it had I run, had I, ooh, sorry, done it had I hadn't have run into you on Instagram. Anyways, I apologize for the lengthy post. Hope you have a good day tomorrow. And that was the moment where I think like, I just right like I'm I'm outgoing and I'm enthusiastic, but it like. I hope, I hope people see it's genuine. Like I just care about people's lives and how they're managing the disease and life in general. Um, and so seeing that, just me posting about, you know, going running outside one day, like helped him like that. That's incredible. Like I can't even wrap my mind around it. Wow. Shout out Steve, by the way. Yeah. Um, I think you, I think we underestimate the power of being vulnerable and open. Um, you know, even in simple things like just like, hey, I'm going for a run or, hey, I'm letting you into my life. And, and today, hey, so I'm struggling with something. Um, people care, which is weird to say, like, you know, because on the Internet, people are like, you know, mostly people, the, the things people say are negative or, or at least the media wants us to believe that they're all negative or all of the stories are about people saying negative things. But, you know, the positive stuff is just like that you know, seemingly just like a regular guy. And, you know, he was wrestling with skateboarding in his head. um, And, you know, it was a big part of his life before. And, you know, because you were doing something even so simple as, hey, posting about a run, there you have it. Like, and you got that amazing connection out of it. So I think it's like when you're open and you're vulnerable and you leave yourself open to those types of opportunities, you never know what will come back. Right. Yeah. That's wild. Um, we are still going skydiving at some point. We got to figure that out. Let's uh, 
you you spent uh, a pretty good amount of time with Eric Dowds, who has not been on this podcast yet, but he and I were chatting about it the other day. Um, and I think I you know when I think of like all of my face to face diabetes interactions of this year, uh, whether it's Type One Nation in Dallas or Austin, and you know uh, joining with joining up with Eric here in Dallas and just kind of having lunch and meeting all these different people. Like your name always keeps popping up. Like you're you're super involved. Um, <laughs> like uh, how do you do it? What is uh you know what's your? I don't even know if secret sauce is the right word. What's like what's the mojo that Marie brings? Give me the like talk about yourself like you're not you and you're like yeah the thing about Marie is this. Impossible to do. Oh my goodness, no. I have no words. I think. I mean, yeah, I guess to be real, like, it's impossible to, like, fake it. Um, like, I, there was no, there's no way to keep up with, I, I feel like, the amount of people I do um, if I, like, genuinely didn't care about them. And so that really just fuels it, I think. Um, and seeing all of the incredible stuff Eric has done with his, like, original website, Diabetes Abroad. Like, he was just posting about how, you know, he spent time in Africa and would hike everywhere and I just sort of wanted to contribute to that um, and support him in that. And so that turned into him staying with me for like a good week. And that was amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's insane. Just like the, the fringe connections that turn into like real friendships, you know? Right. Right. It was such a good time. We were like, what? This is the first time we've met. Also what? <laughs> um, I, I had like a, pretty rough day uh, last week it was just a, just like very drained i was very tired and i was thinking back i was like man like what was a really good day like recently and i thought about uh the first day before the summit in dallas where like everybody came to dinner and we were all drinking wine and we were all just laughing and we all knew each other but we had never all met before like, i think only like two of us had met before and so it was just this like really weird moment of Hey, like, I feel like we're all best friends, uh, and like laughing and like, and it was such a weird, like strange collection of, I don't know. I, I kind of feel like, you know, when people talk about how stars combust and like may and like form, you know, it's like all <laughs> these elements are in the, like in the area moving at the right speed at the right temperature. And then it's like, boom, something happens. And I felt like that, uh, going into Dallas, uh, Dallas type one nation with JDRF. It was just a, a moment where we all kind of knew each other. We all knew what we were all about, but then when we all got in the same room, it was just, uh, it couldn't have been better. Yeah. And you made that happen. So thank you again. Um, yeah, yeah. And you mentioned like me making the drive. So I was driving like almost four hours by myself from Austin to Dallas. And I w I mean, really almost hyperventilating. Like I know I've been saying that a lot, but I think my blood sugar was like above 240 the entire time. And I was just thinking about like meeting you and meeting Laura and Libby and Lauren. And I was just like this, I'm going to die. Like I'm going to collapse. Um, and even like didn't sleep the night after, like we the day before the summit, like I was like, okay, I can't sleep. I'm way too excited. And that like doesn't happen. Like I sleep all the time. So it was wild. I understand what you're saying. Yeah, and I mean, I think that's so healthy to be able to have that and look back and be like, man, what a day that was. What an experience. Yeah. 
you you talked about like you, you know you you mentioned your blood sugars were high when you were kind of up here. I know now you are part of the looping community, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, yes. Talk a little bit about that because I feel like you're a person who's been very in charge and very proactive with your own control anyway. So tell, take us through the the whole loop thing. I think I want to I want to get we've had I've had some people on the podcast talking about it before, but uh, somebody who's actively made the switch. Right, right. So yeah, for those that don't know, looping is like an open source code that people have collaborated on for like over a decade. And um, so your pump, your old Medtronic is hooked up to your phone, which is talking to your Dexcom, which is talking to this little radio frequency converter called a Riley link. And it will adjust your basils itself. And you can bolus from your phone and your watch and all those good things. So I don't even remember how I heard about Loop, probably just the community somehow. Um, and over a year ago, actually, like before study abroad, I was like, I'm going to do it. And I bought all of the equipment um, and then just didn't go through with it. <laughs> I was like, that's a big change. I'm not going to do it. Um, so really, James, the co-founder of Type 1 Run and then Eric Dowds, they were the final push for me to really jump into the Loop world completely. And it has been amazing. So what, what's the biggest change, do you think? I mean, because I think you're a person, like I said, who is pretty in charge of your own numbers and very on top of it. Um, I am not looping, but I'm on the hybrid closed-loop system from Medtronic. So right. I have been in that adjustment phase. Uh, what's been your What's been the biggest surprise for you? What's been your favorite part? Right, probably it might be the same for you, just like it takes a lot of the mental work away. I don't have to check my Dexcom like every five seconds um, and see if I'm trending up or trending down and, you know, act on that. Like it's already, it's taking that away and it for me. And that's been, that's been so good. Yeah. I was running out of supplies for it because um, I haven't gotten a prescription for it yet. And um, I had to use my Omnipod like two days ago. I think I hit 400 like every day. And I was like, wow, I'm messing this up. <laughs> and it was just like realizing how much loop is doing. And so automation is very, very, very cool. It is cool. And I think based on the amount of technology that's out there, both you know, open source from people who have just been doing an amazing job hacking, basically, mm -hmm. and coding, and then also on the you know, like FDA-approved side, all of the changes that are coming in the next year or two, um, it's a good time to, you know, automation is in a place where it's available, there's, it can make decisions, and it's reliable enough to you know take some of that thinking away i love it i today was my first day and i think almost four weeks that i didn't wear my cgm because uh, it ran out last night and i just didn't have time to charge it today and all this other excuses that i'm making but <laughs> and you know my sugars were fine today but i was like you know what i haven't had to think about this in like three weeks and that is nice yeah 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 i'm very very excited for like injectable glucagon right so that it could be really taking even more of that away. We wouldn't need to eat every time think, we're low. Honestly, the 7-Eleven uh, below my office would probably go out of business because I buy <laughs> orange juice there on a on such regular basis. Um, so when injectable glucagon comes out, just go short on 7-Eleven because their stock's going to crumble <laughs> from my one orange juice every other day. <laughs> um, for you, like... Um, I had this really good question. Okay, yeah, there it is. Uh, you interact with diabetes a lot. 
you are in type one run, you follow every and interact with every, you know, diabetes Instagram account um, from A to Z that I'm aware of. And, and then you also have type one and you're looping and you're trying all these things. Do you ever experience any like burnout or is that just kind of like the opposite? It just fuels you because you know, you're doing the things that you're supposed to be doing. Oh man, a little bit of both. And I think I had burnout the first time, um, this semester, but I think that was largely in regards to just like this transition of graduating and, you know, like becoming an adult in air quotes. Um, but I don't, yeah, there's like a, there's a mix of it. Yeah. Like diabetes all the time. And so I think originally that's why when I was younger and I just didn't really understand how to not like, I guess how to get off the roller coaster. That's kind of why I was like, Oh, I'm not going to work in diabetes. You know, I'm not going to have a job that's full time like that. But yeah, at the same time, there's so many encouraging people that will give back, right? There are friendships that I've forged and they are reaching out the same amount. And that's really good. Yeah, it is. And I think, you know, again, you know, burnout is such a tough thing because it's different for everybody. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, that's the other thing is like type one diabetes is the same, but we're all different. Yeah. I like, yeah, really until this semester, like the past five or six months, I didn't know what those sentences meant. I was like, you know, no, I'm sure if people did some of the same stuff, it would, it would work the same way, but I have fully realized that that is wrong. <laughs> what, uh, what changed it? Was it just like exposure to more stories? Was it just talking to other people? Because that's not a small thing to like, it's, I feel like it's so rare, maybe not for you, but it's so rare for people these days to like have their perspective changed. Right. Yeah. I think I, I think a big part of that was looping, right? Like I have been with Omnipod for the past 10 years and I'm very loyal. So I think realizing that something else works and also, right, like becoming plant-based, it'll be like almost a year. Like both of those were huge changes and just seeing that other things work in life to manage your blood sugars. It, it was like, I know this on a cognitive level, but it's working. Like I'm still living. Yeah. Oh, and, and like that, I, I was talking to a family in San Antonio who were having a tough time with their son who was like 18 or 19. And, you know, he had been having a rough time managing his type one. And, you know, some had, it's life's hard when you're young and you plan ahead because you really don't have any idea what's going to happen. Right. So things weren't kind of going the way that he wanted. And, you know, he, he had never planned on getting type one and all these things. And, you know, you can find yourself in a little bit of a spiral there if you don't celebrate those like, hey, I'm still alive, like I'm doing fine moments. Um, and I was and I told him, I was like, hey, you know, every morning that the ambulance doesn't wake you guys up and like have to take him to the hospital um, and give him a shot of glucagon like that, you guys should like n notice that and celebrate it and be like, hey, that's good. We should do that again. Oh, yeah. Definitely celebrating like the little victories. Yeah. Like and I mean, just it's kind of hokey, but it's like being relentlessly positive, uh, and how important that is to, you know, a, a life, a well-balanced life thriving with type one. Um, you gotta do that. Otherwise you're going to find yourself just super miserable and, uh, being a little bit too hard on yourself. Oh, right. And that totally includes like finding your outlets where you can get your anger and all of those negative emotions out. Yeah. What are those for you? Running definitely. Um, yeah, 
yeah, running. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I want to know. I mean, you just like you're in your head, right? That's just you running. And right. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I think a lot of people like might not enjoy running because they will go out there and go like really hard or just like pretty fast pace, you know. But I am just I take it slow and I just like go until I really can't anymore. I mean, eh, not really because people do like ultra marathons, you know. But um, right. right, you just like crazy just run and run and. Yeah, that's why I love, like, I guess, running distance. And, yeah, you just, like, I think, I don't know, it feels good, but you also, it's a good reminder of, like, how small you are. Yeah, I mean, we, you know, everything seems so important, right? Yeah. Um, And we're just blips. What, uh, you've traveled a lot, and I know, you know, specifically to, to Australia, is that something that sort of came to you as well in your travels? You're like, oh man, um, this is bigger than just me. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. Um, yeah, that was probably in, like in addition to like looping and becoming vegan. I think the whole study abroad journey itself sounds like so cliche when anyone talks about it, and I originally did not want to do that. Um, and so, yeah, I mean the whole journey I think there was like somehow I don't know I got in my head that like you have like I'm like super responsible with like my blood sugar management and super independent right like since moving to college but that took it definitely like a step further when Sydney is like 17 hours ahead of my parents and I couldn't call them you know every minute that I needed them or yeah yeah it really is like a you know back to that comfort zone conversation is like are you ready to be almost isolated and have to make decisions for yourself back to that, like air quotes, adulting. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's important. It, it really is. Um, and I think, you know, I would challenge somebody with who's, you know, has type one, there's going to be plenty of reasons in your life where you can't or do things or like, don't feel like doing things because of your, you know, cause you had a rough blood sugar day or whatever the case is, but like challenging yourself and really going out, where you're the only person you can rely on is a great exercise. And I think it's paid a lot, paid off a lot for me. Right. Yeah. And I'll bring that back to running. Like I had signed up for a marathon last year and I just didn't train for it. Cause honestly I haven't trained for the half marathons I run. I just like go out and run, you know, a couple times a week and that's my training. But then really time caught up with me and just ended up um, not doing it. And so, that was like a wake up call, but also realizing that like doing a full marathon will mean that I am solely dependent on myself to like get out there and train and it'll be even more management with my blood sugars to figure that out. Yeah. And I think, you know, part of that process is learning about your body too, um, mm-hmm. and learning about your diabetes just so you know, okay, well, if I've got to do this type of strenuous work, this is what's going to happen. Yeah. And also everybody's different, you know, just, mm-hmm. just following along with like, even a quarter of the people who ran on the beyond type run uh, beyond type one marathon team last year for New York city, like everybody's blood sugars were different. Everybody reacted to training in a different way. Um, and that was kind of cool to see too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually running on the team for this year. So there's 21 of us and I'm super, super excited to see what that will look like for all of us during training. Uh, what's, what do you, I mean, is this your first marathon? Yeah. 
So like New York City Marathon, it's like, I don't know if you listened to Ross Baker's episode, but he's like, yeah, I ran the New York City Marathon. And then the next year I ran in the North Carolina one. And it was like, <laughs> it was like you go to the Olympics and then the next day is like, it's just a regular race. Yeah, exactly. I've been thinking about that. I'm like, okay, no marathon will probably ever be that great. Yeah, and you're going to be like with Beyond Type 1 and these other Type 1s. It's going to be like the best thing. Robin Is Robin Arzon running again? Is that just going to be her regular like Sunday run? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Okay. Well, she – we were talking about ultra marathoners. All those, those people are nuts, but I respect them because like they have to be so crazy to just do like 100-mile races. Yeah. Wild. Yeah. Anyway, I, I got off topic. But uh, I think what do you – you know, crossing the finish line in New York City, what's going to be going through your mind? Oh, my goodness. I have no idea. I think oh, probably just like joy and thankfulness for everybody on that team. And, yeah, it'll be a journey getting there. Um, yeah, I recently I was asking, like, Type 1 Run was doing, like, a live stream, so it was just James and Craig asking or answering questions. And I was kind of beginning to ask things that I had never thought of just sort of like do you carry extra syringes you know even though you're on a pump and James was talking about how like if you're on the Medtronic to put two sites in so that if one rips out you'll have another and I was like I've never thought of that like I really hope that I will finish this race you know so that's so smart (laughs) can't imagine what that'll be like yeah I mean and again kind of going back to there's no there's no teacher like experience but then, you know, you can just kind of hack with someone telling you, hey, giving you a tip, giving you, you know, a fresh perspective, just something that you couldn't have thought of on your own necessarily or may not have uh, ahead of time to make a decision with it. Yeah, for sure. All right. Let's shift gears just a little bit um, into sort of a I'm just going to put you on the spot lightning round um, and let's have a little bit of fun. Um how what was the first do you remember the first podcast you listened to of mine first diabetics doing things episode i listened to them in order however i remember laura's like most vividly yeah so i think laura was like episode 13 13 yeah Mm -hmm. Uh, and all right well good to know that you listened to them in order that you're not a that you're like not a savage that you're a a person of of high character (laughs) that starts at one um (laughs) Who's your Who's your favorite? You got it now. You got to say like which one's your favorite episode and and why, and you can say Laura what? if you want. But yeah, I want you to pick. I want you to pick like you're like oh man, this really hit home with me. Maybe maybe I'm I'm pimping you out now. This is this is my this is my show. I can do what I want. For real, oh Libby is so encouraging. Like I don't know how you can be that encouraging and empowering and just a badass. So I would say hers, just full of so much wisdom. Yeah, I mean, uh, without a doubt. It's just like, and I think, you know, finding those moments where you're like, oh my gosh, this this like hits home with me and it really resonates. Um, I find that with her all the time. Yeah, at the same time, like I think when I was listening to them in order and like coming across Laura's, right? Like I'm listening to them on the train in Sydney. Like I had like an hour commute to like another campus like twice a week. I was like probably sobbing on the train, like listening to her story and how excited like, parents at that original conference that she spoke about um they're just my type like hearing people's response and how excited they were that was just like ah you're just my type too is just something that's like it's something that you like everybody's story i mean and this 
on my podcast a little bit as well. Like everybody's story starts about the same, but from there, like they're all so unique and they all have their like own different things that you pull out of them. And I think that's what I find when I, because I think Laura posts like four photos for almost every person. Uh, and just the things that you pick up from some of the individual stories that people tell, like people really like dig deep and like take time and care with those questions. And it's really nice. Um, to just see somebody even that you know and then you never know you know what they're going through right yeah um okay what else um oh i just i'm trying to think of i, I want to put you on the spot a couple of times just like see if you actually do hyperventilate i'm like um, panicking i have my phone ready i'm like what do i need to look up whose profile what podcast all right uh <laughs> you you're locked in a room you have to, uh, you have a gun with one bullet. You have to kill Derek Thieler or Nick Jonas. Which one do you kill? <laughs> or else it's like a saw, it's like a saw situation where like you don't get out. Everybody dies if you don't make a decision. Right, right. Shoot myself. Um, yeah, no, I mean. Don't answer that. I'm just, I'm just okay. putting you on the spot. Okay. <laughs> Uh, also, I've been watching Evil Genius on Netflix, and it's just a show about a crazy, evil mastermind bank robbery. Highly recommend. No, yeah, I've seen it. No, okay. it's the most insane thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Everybody listening to this right now needs to go watch it. Yeah, stop listening I, like, to my... Sat, I sat my parents down last night, and we watched two episodes. Well, and it's like, this happened in 2003. Now, this podcast is now all about this show. Um, <laughs> but um, I think, like... Like I was just in middle school or like high school when this was happening. And I'm like, man, this doesn't seem like that long ago. And then you see all the photos of people and you're like, wow, what is happening? We have, <laughs> we have, it's like, a, it's like proof of human evolution. Just like the last 15 years. <laughs> so true. Except like my best friend, he's studying abroad in Spain and he just texted me that he hates the direction and production of evil genius and i was like don't talk to me ever again really <laughs> yeah don't talk to me or my son ever again yeah that was my life um <laughs> what's something that uh the you i mean you listen to a lot of these podcasts what's uh I, i'm sure in some way what's what's a question that you knowing that you'd be on this podcast one day what what is the question that you would want me to ask you oh no I don't have anything. Okay, that's fair. We'll come back to it. Um, and I think too, like, I mean, what what are the what what's a moment that surprised you of of somebody that you either heard on the podcast or read a post on social media, and you're like, wow, that really resonated with me. Anything that stands out? internally screaming because i don't know it's okay um, these are tough these are tough questions that i have totally ambushed you with so don't even worry about it i will keep thinking yeah it's fine um because i think too you know we are all figuring this out on our own um and everybody's timing is different it's interesting like new diabetes accounts pop up all the time like five to six a day right right um, because, and, and I see like part of it is like, Hey, this person is new to the community 
and they're going to post about this and this will last for a couple weeks. But then also I'm just like, oh, what an opportunity now that these people who didn't, you know, used to not have anywhere to turn and now they can come on here and they can be open about what's going on with their lives. And like how that for like that moment, it's like that's special because it used to not be that way. Yeah. My mind is blown. I'm still thinking about these questions. No, it's okay. Um, I think too, like, okay, I'm, I'm just going to ask you my, like my, I'm sure you've thought about this a bunch of times. Like my airport question that I ask on every podcast, I ask every guest at the end, if mm-hmm. anyone ever makes it to the end of my podcast, which I'm not even sure that they ever do. But, um, you know, you're on, you're in the airport and you have 30 seconds to tell somebody one thing before you jump on the plane and get whisked away to wherever you're going. What's, what's your answer? And which ones would you think about? Like, if you were like, Hey, if I had, would you answer it the same way every time? Or are there multiple things or things that you've thought about over, you know, the years? Yeah, no way. And I think in, I think in real life, I'm just so shy. I'd be like, okay, hi, nice to meeting you. Bye. Um, (laughs) but yeah, when Eric and then pass out, (laughs) yeah, when, uh, when Eric was here, he was just joking about how like every endo needs a list of accounts I follow and recommend to newly diagnosed people. So I'll have to type one of those up. No, but Oh, I don't know. I mean, I feel like honestly, I would direct them towards your page and Laura's page and B's page because, I mean, there's just so many years of wisdom with this disease in those, and they will take what they want from it. I mean, yeah. Yeah, and I think, you know, part of that too is they should probably have like a curated Marie Diaz list of, you know, how to get started on the internet with type with diabetes. Uh, and you know, it's amazing how many I've had like multiple conversations with people like, well, how do we print pamphlets and like tell people where to go look? And you know, a, it's not that simple, but, um, you know, B like that needs to exist. Like that is a, that's a real value. That's like a real thing. So please print out a pamphlet. And hand out your track. Hand out your. I think that would, I think that would be tracks. super. Hopefully, super effective. Um, actually, I was at. I was on campus, and we were like, we have a college diabetes network chapter here, and I like sat down with one girl, and I was just kind of like, you know, asking her the general questions, like, oh, are you on a pump? And I mean, she was pretty shy, but and, and I'm shy, so I I don't know what I was doing, you know, but uh, I was just one of those questions, and there was like, oh, are you on Instagram? And it just really didn't go over well. She was like, no, and I was like, okay, okay, cool. So um. What do you, yeah, well, tell me a diagnosis story. You know, I was just like, I don't know what to do now. Yeah, and I mean, that's that's always tough for me too because it's like, hey, if you're not on Instagram, then I can't, you know, I might not be the one to help you. But that's okay too. Yeah, like looks at my watch, gotta go, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> it's like immediately like just disappears. I, I <laughs> right. just, just my shoes are left there and there's like smoke <laughs> coming out of them. I just disappear. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think and I think I, when I asked kids too, I was like, Hey, do your parents let you guys on be on Instagram? Cause like, that's a big part of it too. And I would understand like if parents were like, no, I don't want my kids looking at butts yet. So I don't need to be them. They don't need to be on Instagram. Um, which, you know, is a total weird thing. Weird things happen on Instagram for sure. Um, and I mean, yeah, and everybody, but it's just kind of back to everybody's journey is different. Mm hmm. 
Did you think any more on those questions? Are you going to leave Derek Thieler alive or kill Nick Jonas? What's the deal? Don't answer. I haven't. I'm yeah, yeah, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. This will be online forever. Yeah, um, this is this. Yeah, don't ever, don't ever run for office. Answer I love that question. Both run of for them. Or else I'd be... never kill anyone. No, of course not. Um, and I think I think the question you asked something that resonated with me was um, your episode with um, Samuel in travel nursing. Yeah, Sam Ford. Um, mm-hmm. Good. No, yeah, Sam Ford. I was just saying his name. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I hadn't thought about so much that he said, right? Like that people go into DKA because they're rationing insulin. And I mean, just like, oh, that resonated with me so much because like I said, I, I think like I had pretty easily turned away the idea of like working with diabetes in my entire life, um, like professionally, I guess. And just hearing that it was sort of like, oh, I'm in a completely different stage of managing this disease. And being involved in the community and I would love to, to work with people like that. So, you know, really shifted my perspective. I think that was, his episode was one of the more surprising for me because I going into it, I was like, yeah, we're going to talk about traveling nursing. And like, just his perspective is so like enlightened on, you know, and so important of what he was doing for people in, you know, rural areas. Right. And, and yeah. And just the whole topic of like reaching out to people that aren't, online at all apparently there those people exist um right yeah yeah uh so what what are you going to do now that you have kind of given put aside that idea of not working in diabetes somehow professionally what's uh what is what is marie's like dream of uh what is the ideal scenario of you involved in diabetes professionally look like and if you don't know that's okay that's a good question I think, I think a couple of years ago, honestly, like just the idea of having a diabetes camp myself, like I love, love, love the one I went to. However, a lot could be improved. You know, we were like in the Texas heat, like dying um, every summer. And so I, I mean, that would be, that'd be incredible. Right. And like a, especially like in a location where they really don't have access to those kinds of resources and yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's one of those things where if you get outside your comfort zone again and like be willing to hear what's going on, you know, you never know what you might learn. Right. And I think sometimes I'm like in this, I have this false idea that I'm doing things because I'm in the community and interacting with people a lot. But I mean, really listening to your show and like actually listening to people that are doing things, you know, like it's, it's like, wow, what am I doing? You know? And so I think that's, really what encouraged me to apply for beyond type run. And so I'm really, really excited to do that. It's going to be so killer. I can't wait to follow it. Yeah. I think the team announcement is next week. Oh man. So this is like, this is breaking news. Any other, uh, do you know who else is on the team? I probably can't share that. Yeah, no. Um, do you know Patrick? I don't know how to say his last name. Votruba. He's from Arizona, like a trail runner, ultra marathoner. I think we have been following each other like on Strava for the longest time. And, I'm so excited to meet him. I think he was diagnosed in his 30s or 40s, and oh, wow. he just kept running. And his little fun fact, we, we kind of got to see each other's like bios. Um, his little fun fact was like all of his post-diagnosis race times were faster than oh, wow. pre. I was like, what? That's Superhuman. Cool. That's super dope. Yeah. 
Well, I am pumped to see that. I can't wait to see the announcement. It's going to be super cool. Yeah. Um, Marie, any closing thoughts that you have? Um, anything that you've just been dying to yell from a you know m- marginally medium-sized diabetes mountaintop? Uh, uh, probably a lot of things. I don't know. No. I don't know. Just thank you so much for all that you do. Oh, well, you are welcome. And I'm going to keep doing it uh, because... You know, this it's my favorite thing. Yeah, I'm glad. I will see you when we skydive. Yes, we are going to skydive. So um, just keep your Instagram stories uh, fine-tuned this summer to Dallas, Texas, because at some point uh, we're going to jump out of a plane, of, of like five of us. It would be great. Yeah. Um, Marie, thank you for coming on this show. Thank you for supporting this podcast. Thank you for being the first ever diabetics doing things super fan and for driving to places to see me, or, you know, to see me speak and to connect with other people with diabetes for going and grabbing tacos and listening to Drake after uh, conferences and for just being an all around all-star superstar person. I'm really grateful for you. Yeah. Thank you so, so, so much. All right. Uh, follow her. Nerds can fight on Instagram. If you don't follow her already, you're missing out. Um, Marie, thanks. We're going to stay in touch.